0: Okay, Welcome back to the show. This is my first time in a while doing a solo podcast. I've had guests on for quite a while now, but I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to bring a new topic for today. That I, It's not really a new topic. It's kind of something I always talk about on my TikTok, my Instagram, my YouTube, and even on previous podcasts. But I wanted to go a little bit more in-depth on this podcast, and I wanted to call this podcast Setting Your Calorie Intake. Because we're going to talk exactly why you should set your calorie intake, um, how you should set your calorie intake, and then kind of other implications of that. So what we want to start with is why, why calories? Like why do we track calories? Why do so many people in the field say that this is an important thing? First of all, what is a calorie? A calorie is a unit of actually heat. So... The amount of calories it is that is in a food is actually the amount of energy that is released when you burn that food, which is a rough proxy for like how your body. Your body obviously doesn't really like combust food inside of your your gut, but it's a proxy for kind of how your body uses the energy. And it's the the way that we've pretty much determined. I think it was determined in like the 1800s or something by British scientists that this is the way that we burn this is the way we track energy, this is the way we we quantify the energy that we intake, right? So when it comes to the your intake of calories, one of the sticking points that a lot of people have is they'll be like, oh yeah, well, I'm in a calorie deficit, but I'm not losing any weight. And the fact of the matter is that is not really possible other than under very specific circumstances. Like, I'll give you an example of one extremely specific circumstance. There, uh... Dr. Spencer Nadolsky on Instagram, he's a good resource for a lot of this type of things, he posted recently about a uh, condition, I forget what the name of it is, but there's actually a condition where certain patients have essentially fat, uh, large amounts of body fat entrapped in like their arms and their legs, and essentially no matter how much uh, weight they lose, they can't really, that fat either will not come off or it's much harder for that that fat to just metabolize. And one of the only ways to get rid of it is Through either surgical intervention or through, uh, you know, I think if you eventually diet or go in a calorie deficit long enough, it will eventually uh, go away. I hope I'm not botching the, the science behind that. But the point is, like, for most, the vast majority of people, that's not an issue, but... If, if for for literally anybody, if you are actually, for the, for the large, large majority of people, if you actually are in a calorie deficit, like you actually are consuming more energy or less energy than your body requires, you will lose weight. So I think it would also make sense to kind of like define what exactly is a calorie deficit. So a calorie deficit by definition is uh, that you are your body the amount of energy again remember calorie unit of energy that your body utilizes and everything that your body does uses energy whether it's uh you know moving around throughout your day or the act of chewing food utilizes energy or the act of digesting food utilizes energy or sports competing in sports doing active physical activities exercising working out uh, talking like i'm doing right now even that burns a little bit of calories every single Activity and physiological process that your body does burns calories or utilizes energy in some regard. Now, the variation in these energy demands, depending on the activity, may be different from person to person, but they all still require energy. When the sum of all of these physiological and physical processes outpaces, when that is larger than the amount of energy that you are intaking, that is a calorie deficit that is when you are in a state of calorie deficit right so why is it is it recommended that you you could do a calorie deficit for weight loss well quite simply put it's not possible to lose weight if you are not in a it's not possible to lose body fat if you are not in a calorie deficit in in some by some uh way right again there are specific conditions that could affect this. like for example if you have like a really really crazy digestive disorder of some kind it can it can tint this in some way to where you're not really absorbing nutrients so if you're actually eating a lot of calories you're not you might not necessarily absorb all of the nutrients but like barred like things like that and even then it's like you still adhere to the the law of like the nutrients you absorb still need to be uh less than the nutrients you put you utilize in order to create that deficit it's you still abide by the same laws it's just it's like people might be playing by different rules so it's it's not so much i, I said this in an article um, on my website it's not so much that calorie deficit is a strategy for weight loss any more than gravity is a strategy for jumping because regardless of what you do gravity exists and you need to account for gravity when you're jumping when you're making a jump if you're doing a high jump or you're doing a pole vault or you're doing a long jump or whatever you gotta you gotta gravity is gonna be there, and it's gonna affect it's gonna bring you down no matter how high you can jump it's gonna bring you down. Same thing with calorie deficit. No matter how, you know, some people might be more naturally gifted at jumping than others. Some people might be more naturally gifted at, or some people might be able to more easily maintain a calorie deficit. Or some people's natural energy output just by their lifestyle and by how much they move and by how much energy their body uses for doing other processes, which varies slightly, but honestly not as much as many people think. That can make a difference. But at the end of the day, like, it still exists... Calorie deficit still exists and still 100% governs whether or not you're going to lose or gain weight. Um, I had a client ask me fairly recently, said, well, you know, this calorie deficit thing is working really, really well. I'm losing weight. It's going down. But is there ever a point where calorie deficit would not work? And the answer is, is there a point when calorie deficit would not work? If you are actually in a calorie deficit, the answer is no. Now again, now although as you lose weight, your body will po- does actually reduce the amount of calories that it requires. So the the largest thing that actually impacts your body's caloric requirements is your body weight, your body weight and your activity level. So if you are someone who is two hundred pounds and then you lose fifty pounds and you're one hundred and fifty pounds. Um, the, if, if everything else stays the same, like the amount of muscle mass you have, the amount of activity you're doing, everything else stays the same, your food intake will need to be a little bit lower at that 150-pound mark to lose weight than it would need to be at that 200-pound mark to lose weight. But where people get this wrong, though, is like once you hit that 150, if you want to then maintain that 150, your calorie number actually is higher than the amount you ate from to, to get from the 200 down to that 150, Right. So back to the point, why do I recommend, why why is calorie deficit so important than weight? Other than the fact that it's like you need to be in it. Like it's been, it's, how do we know that you need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight? Well, there, and, and some people may point out that there have been studies where people don't lose weight when they are assigned a calorie deficit like there are studies when people are said like you're supposed to eat this many calories this is what would constitute a calorie deficit for your uh, body weight and your activity level eat this many calories and you will lose weight and people follow those you know follow people try to follow those recommendations and they still don't lose weight why well here's the thing Every single study that is ever done in lab-controlled conditions, and when I say lab-controlled conditions, this is where they follow you around, or sorry, they don't follow you, they have you kind of like in a lab, where it's like, they call them like metabolic ward studies, where you're essentially like in a metabolic ward, and you're you kind of like they're watching you and they're watching all the food you eat. And on some of these, they actually, I've heard, had some pretty advanced stuff where they use like these dynamometers to measure the speed in which people are walking or moving around to kind of get a really accurate estimate of people's uh, daily energy use or calorie burn. But they put them in there. And in those studies, under those extremely controlled environments, there is... Every single time that someone is in one of those situations, they lose weight if they are in a calorie deficit because there's no way that they could be you know, not following the recommendations because if they were, they would, it would be seen that they were doing that and there's no way that they could, uh, you know, there's no way essentially for them to cheat. However, the studies that are often quoted when saying, hey, if you're not in a calorie deficit, you, you could still be in a calorie deficit and not lose weight are studies where the study design looks something like this you are given the option of like here is a, a number that should be a calorie deficit for your body weight and you are told to eat that number of calories you may be educated beforehand on how to track calories and some of those things but that's it you're basically you're out in your on your own living your life but you're just told to follow a certain calorie recommendation the problem with that is there are a bunch of other studies that show that people's estimation and even measurements of their own food intake is super inaccurate, especially if they are not uh especially if they are people who historically have trouble losing weight. Like if you're a person who's listening to this podcast and you have in the past had trouble losing weight, I hate to say it um and I don't mean to generalize it, but odds are very likely that uh your portion sizing your 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 portion sizing is kind of distorted. Like what you think is a serving of, of food is actually probably much larger. It's probably two, three, maybe even four servings of that actual food. And many people have a hard time adhering to tracking long-term. Many people have a hard time with accuracy of tracking of long-term. Many people, one of the reasons that often comes up for why they don't want to track is because they don't know The fact that if they do get good at tracking and if they can assure that they are in a calorie deficit that it's guaranteed to work because there's so much bad information out there about people telling you like, oh, yeah, you know, if you're, you can actually not, you can actually get stuck and not lose weight in starvation mode and calorie deficit doesn't always work and blah, 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 blah. Like a lot of people, they, they see that and they're like, oh, is it really worth the effort when I could just do a juice cleanse or do a keto diet and it'll give me the same result? Unfortunately, that's the mentality that exists in a lot of areas of the fitness industry or outside the fitness industry in people who are are struggling. And uh I've seen it firsthand myself. I've worked with people who have who have done those things and the fact of the matter is the keto diet and the juice cleanse and the the all those extreme dietary approaches while they may work in the short term They don't encourage healthy eating habits, and they don't actually help you maintain a healthy body weight once you've achieved whatever goal you're getting to. And oftentimes, they don't even fare any better at helping you achieve the goal than basic stuff. So, again, why do I recommend a calorie deficit? I recommend a calorie deficit because it is the simplest and most direct way to get to weight loss, because whether you are doing a keto diet or a juice cleanse or a low carb diet or a high carb diet or a, uh, a cabbage soup diet or any of these other crazy diets like uh, that have existed, the tapeworm diet, <laughs> whatever crazy diet you're doing that has has existed throughout the years, the reason why that diet works is because that diet, even if it's even if it's not doing it in a healthy or uh, uh, a way that is consistent with helping you make uh, long-term progress way, it is creating a calorie deficit if it is making you lose weight, and that is just a a fact. Because, again, every single study we've ever done that has been controlled has shown that calorie deficit works 100% of the time, and every single study that has not shown that has had severe flaws in the study design that has allowed for uh, obvious errors like, as the aforementioned, tracking errors, or people who just don't follow the recommendations and say they do, uh, or, or people who legitimately think they are following the recommendations, but they're just not because they, they're, you know, people forget things, human memory is not infallible, uh, you know, sometimes people just... There there's actually, like, I, I read a paper, or an, an, it was an article on a paper a couple of years ago about, it was like a, a, a dietarily, I don't know what, remember the term they used, but essentially what it was was dietarily induced amnesia, where people would consume a lot, you know, they would do their food, they would eat a bunch of food, and this was, they knew this because it was in a, I think it was in a metabolic ward study where they were watching them with cameras, and they they had people record their calorie intake versus their uh you know record their calorie intake and then they would they would verify them based on like what they recorded the people actually eating and some of the subjects in this study would they would legitimately seemingly actually not remember like literally not remember many many servings of foods that they had and they would claim that they you know were they lying i mean i guess it was possible that they were lying but i i don't think having worked with many people who are uh having worked with many people who are overweight and struggle with losing weight, I don't think they're lying about, about their food intake. They really truly believe many people really truly believe that they are in a calorie deficit or they are eating a certain amount of food, but they're not. And that's, that's an issue. That's a deep issue. That's an issue that is very complex and it's probably very individually rooted in that person's experience. And boy, it's a whole rabbit hole we could go down when it comes to managing that type of thing. But I hope so far in the first 15 minutes of this podcast that I've given you a little bit of perspective on calorie deficit and why it is so important to create a calorie deficit if you want to see weight loss or if you want to see... And and why uh, methods that do not... That kind of like smokescreen that, that they tell you other things are the reason why weight loss happens they're really not setting you up for long-term success because it's kind of like if I if I tell you that you need to uh, you know jump on your foot seven times and then do a headstand before you do your push-ups and that's what's going to increase your push-ups it's not that's not the case what's going to get you to be you know increase the number of push-ups you can do is by doing more push-ups and having a program that is you know consistent with those goals a program that progresses you through various uh possibly push-up variations and increasing reps and increasing weight if you add weight to the push-ups or doing other exercises that can assist with increasing your uh strength and size of muscles that do those push-ups like bench press and so on and so forth um But the program, or the program's diets that don't emphasize calorie deficit are not, they're not really telling you the truth, even though they might get you, similar to a program that emphasizes jumping on your one foot and doing a headstand before you do push-ups, it might be effective, but it's not effective for the reasons that you think. So... Now that I've gone over the how of the calorie or the, sorry the why of the calorie deficit, now I want to go into the how of the calorie deficit. How do you make a calorie deficit? How do you create a calorie deficit? How can you be sure that you are in a calorie deficit? Well, I think the first thing the first thing to do is you want to find out a baseline for your calorie intake. So, in order to find out a baseline for for calorie intake or a baseline for food intake, you should, uh, I would recommend going to the best tool that I have ever found for this that currently exists. And it's simply because it has quite a few options um, that you can tweak, um, and it's on a trusted, it's from a trusted source. Like, you're not getting it from just thin air. It's not someone who just, like, made up their own calculator or... uh, you know, it's not just some person trying to sell something. It's it's actually the National Institute of Health's calculator. It's called the uh, National Institute of Dig- sorry National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Diseases, which is part of the National Institute of Health um, Body Weight Planner. So if you go to NIDDK NIH gov BWP for Body Weight Planner, that's again that's NIDDK nih.gov slash bwp you get your body weight planner you can use us units or metric units and you are you enter your height your weight your sex your age your and then your physical activity level both your exercise physical activity level and your at rest physical activity level basically what you do without exercise like your lifestyle like work and all that if you you know if you have an active work job or if you have an inactive lifestyle and then it will spit out a number that is an estimated calorie number. Um, another thing I like about this uh, this calculator is once you put in your your weight and your sex and your age and your height and all this stuff, it actually gives you uh, it actually gives you a option to besides the the physical activity estimations, it gives you an option to select the number of days that you want to take to achieve your goal. So you can say like I want to hit a certain weight in 100 and you know 180 days and it'll tell you okay how much weight uh weight or calories do you need to consume to do that Uh, i want to hit my goal in 90 days how many less calories do i need to consume in order to hit that goal um and and you can also calculate like you say if i want to add physical activity it will calculate like if you have a a habit change that involves decreasing or sorry increasing your physical activity like walking more going for bike rides stuff like that you can um you can put that in the calculator and it'll, it'll include that. So once you go to there and you get your, you spit out, it spits out a number. It'll say you need to eat this many calories to, uh, to reach this weight in this amount of time. That is not like the gospel number. That is not like this, oh, I've, I've found my calories. I'm never, ever, ever going to need to eat any number of calories other than, than this. Like I'm just going to eat this and it's, it's going to work. Um in theory yes but if you remember in those previous uh the previous uh studies that i talked about when people use the the studies of, of people in free living conditions uh getting a calorie goal and not sticking to that calorie goal or there being other things like the food amnesia that color their uh results when it comes to calorie deficit in in free living conditions when you're not in a metabolic ward that's the thing is those are what that's your life like that's everyone's life every no one is doing their calorie deficit unless you're actually in one of these studies but nobody is doing them in a metabolic ward like nobody is being like strictly forced to eat exactly this food um and and even if you are it's not helpful toward long-term progress because that's the forcing yourself to eat specific foods or a specific diet and then not not sticking to that after you've reached your goal weight or after your diet is quote over unquote um you it it sets you up for not succeeding because it's it's seen as it's a temporary change right and in order to maintain the results you need to keep doing something again once you reach your goal weight you actually increase calories once you reach your goal weight because you need to eat more to maintain than you do to lose but uh that doesn't mean that you are just because you're not trying to lose weight, that doesn't mean that the healthiest option is to eat whatever or to eat everything, or it's even the best option in, in any way, to be to be honest. Um so once you have that calorie number and you're like, I'm gonna start tracking my calories, um, first thing I wanna say is you don't necessarily need to track calories in order to create weight loss like there's other strategies for doing this um one one way to start out if you if you think that it's it's too work intensive to track calories is you can start out by just uh you know eyeballing portion sizes and if you you can look online you can look up like okay how many uh what's a portion size of uh protein option of like chicken what's a portion size of uh vegetables which are portion size of, of certain fruits you can look that up online and you can just measure the portion size and just try to stick to like our recommended daily allowances of uh, portion sizing for these things the problem with that is it's it's kind of non-imprecise when it, uh, as opposed to calorie tracking so uh, i mean it's simpler for sure than calorie tracking but it's kind of imprecise and there's a lot of margin for error for there for example one of the things that i see people often do with this is they would consider a like a hamburger as like a really high fat hamburger and then loaded with like you know or like something deep fried as being like in the same uh health area or the same amount of you know one serving size of that versus one serving size of of chicken breast and it's obvious that like grilled chicken breast does not have as many calories as that but when you dig deeper into the nitty-gritty of like portion sizing they'll be like oh well one portion size of this like of the fatty meat is actually probably a smaller like it's only three ounces versus like the chicken breast is like six ounces so it's double because they're accounting for the fact that it's higher in fat or you're, you're looking at deep fried options it'll probably say like limit fried foods and stuff like this but again it's kind of imprecise to do it like this to do it portion sizing, but I find for people who are very intimidated up front by having to track everything, that portion sizing might work as a starter. Um, But if you are going to track calories, I would really, really recommend, I I think the best calorie tracking app out there is, it's the most commonly used one, it's MyFitnessPal, and it's simply because it just has the most features, and it's free, and the basic, there's a paid version, but the basic free version is like... almost as good as the paid version so you don't need to spend any money um it's simple to use it even has a barcode scanner on it to where if you have a barcode on any of the foods you eat you can literally just scan the barcode with your phone's camera and it will track it'll pick up the food um and it'll be like calories protein carbs it's all up there right tracking that i recommend that like everyone try calorie tracking um at some point because again, it really is the most direct way to get yourself into a calorie deficit is to track your calories. Um, and to, to, you know, but there's, there's obviously things that can happen there when it comes to, uh, not being perfect or not, not to say you have to be perfect, but there's obviously like issues that can arise there. But the thing is, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when I, when I say issues that arise, I mean, for example, if you are tracking a, uh, your meal it's very easy to if you're not measuring things to say oh yeah that looks like six ounces but it's actually eight ounces or like oh yeah this this handful of nuts is probably like one serving but it's probably it's actually three (laughs) servings right um so I think if you are going, whatever you're going to do, you need to come up with some, you need to use some method of measuring that is consistent. So if it's calorie tracking, you have to use a method of measuring that is, you know, what one of the things that I do is I will often, if I buy uh, chicken, for example, and I say, oh, I'm having, uh, I bought two pounds of chicken, right? And I'm going to separate it into uh Let's just do it simple. Four servings. That means that each serving is half a pound. Each serving is eight ounces. And it doesn't matter if any of those, each individual serving is exactly eight ounces. All that matters is the total of all of the servings adds up to 32 ounces or two pounds, which I know because I bought it and that's what it said on the package. So as long as I eat those four servings throughout the week, my calories for the week will be roughly accurate, will be accurate. Simple. Simple. That's one of the easiest ways for portion sizing. You can also, or for uh, measuring uh, portion sizing for tracking calories. You can also use uh, uh, a food scale, like you can weigh your foods on there and use the numbers uh, there. you can google the weights and the 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 servings but but i think the main thing here is like you you just have to do and you have to do consistency consistently if you're going to track calories commit to tracking calories and commit to doing it consistently every day for all the food you eat stuff that you eat after six it's not like stuff after 6 p.m doesn't count it's not like cheat meals don't count like all of it counts and all of it is part of the you know your calories so it has to be included when you're trying to create a calorie deficit. The calories you're consuming need to be included in there. Um, yeah, so now how do you determine if this is working and if you're actually making progress by doing it by, you know, I'm tracking my calories, I'm weighing my food, I'm, I'm eyeballing portion sizing, I'm, you know... Oh, before I get to this, I wanted to add in another option that that works sometimes, is if I see this is an option i've been actually implementing with some clients lately that's been seeing very good results if i see that uh you know, whatever number I got from the National uh, Institute of uh, Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Diseases, whatever I got from their calculator, I take that number and I divide it, I say, okay, if I'm going to eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, I just divide it by four and I say, okay, my breakfast is going to be this many calories, my lunch is going to be this many calories, my dinner, my snacks, they're all going to be about an even number of calories. So for example, if my weight loss calories are 2,000, I'll say, okay, that means I have to have a 500 calorie breakfast, 500 calorie lunch, 500 calorie dinner, 500 calories in snacks in order to uh lose weight and i can like bias my calories more in one direction than the other i could say maybe i want to have a bigger dinner so i'm only going to have 250 calories for breakfast and lunch and then i'm going to have a thousand calorie dinner perfectly fine um all that matters is that it adds up to the right number for the day yeah so again once you uh, that's, a, that's a strategy I've been using lately that I find works pretty well. So once, once you have a, some of these strategies in place and you say, I'm going to consistently track my calories, I have an idea of what I'm going to do, I'm going to shoot for this goal, I'm going to shoot for this many servings, I'm going to shoot for this, uh, these portion sizes, you say, what, what do I do now? You, you track, you do that, and this is very important. You need to weigh yourself. You need to step on the scale and you need to weigh yourself. And actually, preferably, it is better to weigh yourself more regularly. And I'll tell you why. Studies show that people who weigh themselves more consistently, more often, generally around once per day is the golden rule. Because if you're weighing yourself more than once per day, let's be honest, um, you're probably being obsessive over it and you don't need to weigh yourself more than once per day for any reason. But once per day is like the ideal amount. People who weigh themselves once per day lose more weight than people who weigh themselves once weekly or once monthly and the other thing is you can track progress more accurately doing this if you take every you take a weekly average weight instead of a daily weight because here's the thing your weight is going to fluctuate even when you're in a calorie deficit your weight will fluctuate up and down a little bit but your average will trend downward if you are consistently in a calorie deficit. Like if I'm in calorie deficit every single day for a month, there's no way that your my weight would not trend downward. It's, it's literally like the first law of thermodynamics. You cannot create or destroy energy. Applies here. You cannot gain weight. If you are in a calorie deficit, it just cannot happen. So if I'm actually in that deficit, if I'm actually following the the guidelines, my weight will trend downward. That average of all seven weights, or if I forget a couple days, maybe like five weights, times that I weigh myself, the average of that will be lower the following week if I'm in a calorie deficit. And this occurs pretty much 100% of the time barring like huge water weight fluctuations and even with that you know what's going to happen over time if you are still maintaining that calorie deficit the weight will keep going down the weight will go that's the beauty of calorie deficit when i first started tracking calories and being in a calorie deficit in 2014 or 15 it was one of those times it it was yeah i think it was 2014 actually it became so much easier to lose weight it became so much easier to maintain weight it became so much easier to enjoy the foods I like and not have to worry about being strict on my, quote, diet, unquote. I was liberated and I was happy and I was enjoying things and it was easy because once you realize that calorie deficit is the modus operandis for weight loss, everything becomes much, much simpler because the only end goal is you need to figure out how to create that calorie deficit. And this podcast is telling you how so you weigh yourself right daily you take the weekly average at the end of the week you look where did my weight go did my weight go up or did my weight go down next week where did my weight go did my weight go up or did my weight go down if your weight is trending downward you are in a calorie deficit keep going if your weight is not trending downward you are not in a calorie deficit it literally is that simple. If your weight is not trending downward, you're not in a calorie deficit, your adherence might not be good, your measuring might be off, you might be having a lot of bites, licks, and tastes and things that you're not tracking, but if you are tracking everything and you're not, if you still are tracking everything and you're not in a calorie deficit, your tracking methods, there's there's something somewhere. Here, here's the thing Why I get to this. Um because if I, if I generalize and say like oh well there there's definitely like this one specific reason why you're not losing weight because even if you're in a, even if you're tracking calories and you're supposed to be in a calorie deficit, but you're not that's not true, but there's a variety of reasons that could be preventing this from happening and each individual needs to look deep within themselves and they need to look deep at what they are doing they need to look at their choices on the daily they need to look to see if they are okay am i actually like being honest about this portion size are there lots of times when i'm forgetting to track foods a lot of people am i overly restricting myself to the point where i binge eat at the end of the day and then oh those calories don't count there's so many things that can the human experience is extremely complex, and we all have our own individual uh, problems and issues uh, when it comes to these things. And it's really hard to identify them sometimes. For me, for me, it's hard to identify them for clients. So, what you have to do is you have to be empowered. I try to empower the, my clients to dig deep and look into their own daily habits and look into what they're doing and find the opportunities for improvement don't focus on uh hey oh man i'm I'm trying to i'm supposed to be in a calorie deficit i think i'm in a calorie deficit of course i'm in a calorie deficit but i'm still not losing weight know that if you're not losing weight you are not in a calorie deficit and there's some opportunity that you need to find that will put you in a calorie deficit and I find that, like, sometimes it takes a day, sometimes it takes a week, sometimes it takes a month, sometimes it takes a year. But once you get that thing to click, where it's, like, whatever those sticking points, once you've gotten past enough of those sticking points, or once you've identified, like, one really important thing that prevents you from being in a calorie deficit, that is massive, and that is, is like, that's the linchpin that's going to make it all work. But the problem is you're never going to find that thing out if you keep doing juice cleanses and you keep going on keto diets and you keep yo-yo dieting your weight up and down. You're only going to determine that if you find the the, the thing or things in your habit, daily habits that are stopping you from doing the things that you need to do to maintain a calorie deficit consistently. And then once you've achieved your goal weight, calorie balance. So what are the and and the example i can give some examples from clients uh, in the past i had one client who was had actually i i used to uh use this this program called evolution nutrition which was essentially a third-party app that provided uh written nutrition plans by registered dietitians for my clients and This client was on one of these plans this client was following the plan like to the t like measuring everything eating exactly what was on there not eating literally anything else other than like drinking water and was not losing weight so i i I don't want to go through the whole process of how we came to this but essentially i said you know go you know go home and do your weekend and see if you see if you figure anything out or see if you note anything throughout the weekend that's, that's like a little out of the ordinary um and, and the client came back on, on Monday and said, hey, you know, I was actually eating, like, these little packets of packages of cookies that I thought, like, I didn't really think anything of it, but I decided to count how many of them I ate one day, and it turns out I ate, like, ten of these little packages of cookies without even really thinking about it and on top of that i looked at the calories on those cookies and they were like i think it was it was like 100 calories per cookie and there was two cookies in a package so this client was getting an extra 1000 to 2000 calories every day from these tiny packages of cookies and not even realizing it small things like this can make a massive difference i've had i've seen people who they don't have it, they they didn't realize that you know you're supposed to track Liquid calories, like if you're drinking something that has calories, like milk has calories, juice has calories, soda has calories, you're supposed to be, like those things count as part of your calories, (laughs) that could be a sticking point, like it could literally be something that you're just missing, but once that light bulb goes on, and once that thing, it clicks, that is what makes the difference, and finding those opportunities, I wouldn't look at weight loss as like, this is like a, I have to stick to this really rigid paradigm in order to lose weight, no. I think what actually empowers people to create change more effectively is to say, there are so many opportunities for improvement. You just need to identify the opportunities that are most important for your situation, and I'm here to help you find those. Anyway, what are the implications of of, of all of this? Like, should we have people, should everybody be tracking their calories forever? Should we all, like, just everybody should download MyFitnessPal? Should we, like, plug into the mainframe? Should we all go into metabolic wards so nobody can eat anything (laughs) uh that's not they're not supposed to eat uh, i no. i don't think uh i don't think any of those things are realistic long-term solutions i think the actual implications for what we need to do as a society is we should shift the desirability of there's, there's a whole rabbit hole we could go down here again but i think we should shift one thing we can and should do is shift the desirability of uh super high calorie foods and super like uh high fat foods it's very like culturally ingrained that like oh the bad foods taste good the good foods taste bad i don't even need to even say that because everybody knows that it's like dogma but the fact of the matter is that's not really true like there's a lot of like really bad foods from a nutrition perspective that taste horrible like i'm not going to eat butter on its own it's that's gross as hell i like i'm not going to eat like liquefied animal lard like i'm not going to drink hydrogenated soybean oil uh although it's an ingredient in many things but uh, there's a lot of like foods that are much more nutritionally robust that I would say are delicious. Like, I think apples, I think a lot of different types of fruits are delicious. I think, um, you know, like, chicken breast is delicious. I think different types of fish uh, prepared properly are delicious. And another thing is, I don't think we need to, like, unseason our food to make it healthy. That's, like, no. And it's not like you ruin chicken just because you're putting some seasoning on it. No, it's not like you're making it unhealthy if you're putting seasoning on it. There's this huge spectrum when it comes to, like, the health of, of food... That is that has many facets to it, and to to dichotomize things between healthy and unhealthy foods is just it's very black and white, and it's way too childish of a perspective to be honest. That I would never promote. Um. So, what can we do about this though? Like, I think the first step is we got to educate everyone on the fact that calorie deficit is. what is the way to lose weight like calorie deficit is the only way to lose weight like no matter how you do it calorie deficit is the modus operandis of weight loss educating people educating your friends your family sending them to my tiktok my instagram tiktok <laughs> instagram tiktok this podcast youtube whatever social media people who are much better communicators than me have great podcasts and great like a barbell medicine podcast is great um iron culture with eric helms and them is great uh stronger by science is great um just educating people in general on these things, sending them to the guidelines, like the National Institute of Health on on eating and stuff like that, the stuff that's not like this glamorous six-pack fools on the internet who are telling you, like, all the made-up crap that's selling their product. we got to educate people on the actual, like, healthy ways to lose weight and the healthy ways to maintain body weight and also the fact that, like, calorie deficit is the way that it happens. I think we should also encourage people to use stuff like food tracking apps and and educate them on the... uh, the viability of all of those strategies and let them choose for their se- themselves and let them use those things to empower themselves into finding the opportunities for change in their own life. And then finally, I think we need to shift the societal expectations of, you know, good food tastes Bad and bad food tastes good, and start saying like, "Hey, let's make healthy foods more available. Let's make healthy foods more affordable. Perhaps let's even, you know, maybe this is controversial. I know it's controversial. Maybe we should even have subsidized health or healthier foods. Like you actually get like discounts if you buy healthier foods and, and things like to make them more affordable. Um, educate people on ways that you can be, eat healthy even on a budget." All, all of these things that just shift the mentality of like uh, of food from just being like oh yeah food should li- is is something that you either it's either it's either uh, pleasure or it's torture that's it I don't think of it as either of those things I think of food as like something I can enjoy and I also think of it as something that I can use to drive my goals when it comes to weight loss muscle gain strength gain performance whatever your goals may be shifting those mentalities and educating people that is is paramount to the i think the three-pronged strategy which would probably be if i'm just spitballing here but it would be number 1 would be educating people uh number 2 would be providing them with a lot of options um and number and also helping them with habit change with stuff like you know personal trainers good educators and people who are putting out the good information there and then the third thing would be again making this stuff uh It's changing the societal expectations and moving the needle in that regard in terms of like making healthier foods more readily available so yeah i know this this podcast may have taken a direction that you may have not been expecting but that is my take on setting your calorie intake if you enjoyed the podcast and you want to see more of the uh, johnny reps solo podcast without guests make sure you leave me a uh, review a five star review on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to or a comment. You can always send me messages or emails. My contact information is all in the show notes and I appreciate all the uh, all the support and all of the everything I get from my clients, my friends, my family and the, and the, the other people who just find my podcast on the internet, which is becoming an increasing number of people fortunately now. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening to my podcast. This has been Johnny Reps. On the Strength for All podcast, I will talk to you guys in two weeks.